I'm Michael Willett, and this is the Sound Architect Podcast. Hi, Michael. It's awesome to have you. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? Great. Thanks. Let's start right at the beginning then. So for the benefit of our listeners, how did your journey begin? Um, in terms of my life or my creative journey? Let's go with your creative journey. Um, I started when I was like really young watching just like movies and listening to the radio and stuff like everyone does. And I would imitate the, the songs on the radio and, and on in movies and stuff pretending to do what they did, you know, singing all the songs they did on those Disney movies. And I think everyone did that. And, and then I, my parents saw that I was like a performer and I, I needed an outlet because I was rather annoying. And uh, I, um, so I started doing theater uh, and I basically performed at like every bar mitzvah and like every Greek event, everything I could possibly get my hands-on and in uh, in Fresno, California, which is where I grew up. And then I couldn't do any more there in Fresno and I had to start going to LA and auditioning and I started doing commercials. Nice. But I've always had this like internal world of like uh, painting and writing songs because my uh, grandfather was actually an artist. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that people always said that I was a lot like him, and so I think that I was always very inspired by him. He died before I was born, um, so I never really met him, but he was always very, like, uh, inspiring. And actually, my middle name is Mansell, and that was his name, Mansell. All right, so you think you got Um, some of the creative juices down through the genes. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's always been, like, a big part of my um, passion and and my dream and is is him. You know, he was a big part of my my dream. You know, awesome. And a lot of people will know you from MTV's Faking It. So how did you how did you first get involved with that project? Um, I just auditioned. Um, they called me in and because uh, I think they had seen me on GBF, which was a film I'd done, and the the tone of the scripts were similar and uh, so I felt like it was very natural for me to kind of like take take on that style except that the character was much more confident than my character was on GBF and so I um but I just went in and auditioned for it and I tried to act like I was you know the the big man on campus as they say and um (laughs) I I don't know. I, I just felt confident about it, and and if I even if I wasn't, I like t- pretended to be. I, I do this thing where like I pretend I'm already friends with the casting agents like, right, okay. before I walk in the room, just because it's like my way of incepting them. Like <laughs> I'm like we're already friends, right? Like I'll see you later. <laughs> I think I even said that. I was like, I'll see you later. As a way to say, like, call me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just auditioned and they thought I was right for it. And I, I, I felt like I was right for it too. Yeah, awesome. And you obviously were. Thank you. You say you're quite a creative person in general and you're also a musician. So when did you, did you start getting into music around the same time as when you started getting into acting? Or No, I think music was first because I... I I started singing first and I, I just love music. It's definitely like my first passion, my first love. And I um, ended up, as I got older, doing theater. I, I actually was really bad at acting. 
I used to feel like I was getting yelled at a lot for like not doing enough. But in my head, I was always doing what they did in on movies and TV. Like I, I felt it inside and it was coming across on my face. But like they can't see that from the audience, like from the stage. So that's what that's kind of why I started to do more uh, TV and film was because I felt like that was more natural to me. Um, but it was that came second, like that came later. Um, and it definitely paid the bills. <laughs> and now I'm trying to to show this other side of myself that has always been innate, you know, to who I am. You know, I don't know that people, you know, it's kind of complicated. You know, I feel like a complicated, I feel like everyone's complicated. And, and so music is my way of like revealing those more nuanced sides of who I am as opposed to playing these other characters on TV. Yeah, definitely. And it's quite an interesting uh, way you've gone about doing it because obviously phase one is out at the moment of regeneration isn't it correct and you've got three phases overall so what made you decide on doing it that way um i wanted it to be sort of like uh well okay so i'm really inspired by stanley kubrick and 2001 space odyssey nice and so it's this idea of evolution like a human's evolution and, and my personal evolution and I wanted it to be a story, and so I had this idea of it being like three acts. And so instead, it's three EPs, and or what I'm calling three phases, because that's how it feels as when you go through life. Yeah. Is you're like, oh, I'm in this phase, or I'm in this phase now, and and then you kind of cycle through those. So as soon as you get to the end of uh, phase three, you're already back at the beginning in a different area of your life, you know. Yeah, sort of a new you. That's how I feel, is that you just kind of continue to to change and start at the beginning all over again every time. And and that's how the music is too, is like you can just keep replaying the songs over and over and cycle through and hopefully it won't get old. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan, right? So they all have a classic rock influence, which is quite cool, which you don't tend to see as much these days. So how does that evolve through each phase well um <clears throat> i think for me the the classic rock is sort of my upbringing you know my parents were big fans of 70s classic rock and and uh and i love 60s rock and so that's kind of the whole sound of the album but the whole album starts in a more like electronic place okay. and gets more acoustic as I become more um, kind of exposed and vulnerable and get to kind of like the basics of who I am. You know, so by the end of the album, you're at a completely different place uh, sound wise and kind of like, you know, in your life. Yeah, sure. I mean, how do you go about writing that sort of um, album? Yeah, it's been intense. Uh, it's actually taken me like several years. I think um, some of the songs I had written a long time ago and some of them I have written more recently and they kind of just like happened really quickly. So it's all been very different. But I think I knew that the first part of the of phase one, I wanted it to be about like rambunctious youth. This idea of that you don't know what you're doing. You're just kind of like bashing around, seeing what happens, almost like a caveman or like a baby. And so it's very primal and not very introspective. And so phase one is kind of childlike. Even the lyrically, like 
Feed the Monster is very um, primitive. Like it's it's just give me some love. Like it's not it's not very wordy. It's very simple and repetitive. Whereas the songs in like Phase Three are incredibly profound and um, introspective. Like I said, um, I'm really inspired by David Bowie, and I just approached each song like a short story. Each story sounds different and feels different and I don't know. I'm I'm really I just really am a fan of concepts, things that are conceptual, narratives. And that's what I want to do because I feel like that's something pop has been missing for at least for me. I, I feel like Yeah, definitely. It's it's quite an unusual approach these days, which is why it's kind of nice to see it coming back. I mean it used to be even back in like you say the sixties and seventies. Right. Where you could tell a story it wasn't theater. It was it was something you'd hear on the radio. Yeah, I, I do. I feel like I want to bring that back because that's something I love, and that's all it is, really. Yeah, and would you say you have a primary instrument that you play? Um, probably piano. Oh, nice. But um, I've tried to take lessons, but I'm primarily self-taught, and I can play a little guitar. Okay, nice. And obviously, you sing on all the tracks yourself as well. Yeah. Exactly. And then my uh, producer, Jeff Jocelyn, helps me uh, to really carve out what's what I hear in my head, you know? Yeah, it's good that you have someone to bounce off because it's very hard when you're trying to come up with everything just alone. Exactly. I can't. And I don't believe that I have like all the ideas. So he helps <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> to, you know, come up with stuff. And I think we we have a great, um, a great like symbiotic relationship. It's, it's awesome. That is awesome, especially when making music, you need that sort of symbiosis to help the, the project move forward. I think so. I think so. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say has the, been the biggest challenge so far when making Regeneration? Um, I think that my personal challenge has been to kind of stand up for my vision because um, I realized that like everyone has their own opinion of what I should be doing and what it should look like or what it should sound like. And I feel like only I really know. And so I've continued and struggled to stand up for my, my vision and my opinions. And, and this is me kind of flexing that muscle in a way is saying, no, this, I don't, I don't care. You know, if this is going to be a big success, this is my, this is what I want to do. And this is what I believe in. And and I believe that that's powerful kind of in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something that you are proud of and that represents how you feel about the music and who you are. Yeah, I said even if no one was looking, I would still do it. And it's cool that people are looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's better when a project's born from passion rather than trying to make it a best-selling album or you know, trying to hit all the right things that makes modern music or whatever. I agree. I, I'm more than anything, I'm seeking to create art. And that's what I want to continue to do. And that's the sign of a true artist is when they're doing it for the art form and for the project itself, not for anything else. Exactly. So what would you say is your proudest moment throughout the project so far? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, a really proud moment was when... I there's a track at the very um, end of the album, Phase Three. It's the very last track, and what's funny is it's it's called Last Call, 
And it was actually a song that I had written. It was like one of the first songs I had written when I moved to L.A. And so it was like one of the earliest songs. And yet it was the last song I recorded on the album. It's the one song on the album that's like totally live, All right. like a full band in a, in a studio. Like I'm playing on like a piano that Elton John plays on and I like saying it's Stevie Nicks's recording studio. Oh, wow. And I like paid my, you know, I, I paid it for, for it with my own money. Like this was a big deal for me. Like, yeah, man. so and singing like a song that I wrote when I first moved to L.A. and in my little K-Town apartment. And I, um, I don't know. So I think that was um, that was such a big like deal. And even Jeff Jocelyn, my producer, was just like having the time of his life. He said like that that was one of the best memories uh, of his life. So that was that was a big one. I feel wow, like, that must have been a huge moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I posted on like a few pics on Instagram about it, but that was just like huge for me. I loved it. It must have been mind blowing to even get to that point. Yeah, and anytime that anyone hears the music and responds to it, that's a, another amazing moment, and and that's like as an artist, a great feeling when you feel like people get it, you know, or you people get you, you know. So I like that too. Oh yeah, that's always a a benefit from making art is when you get the response from people who understand what you were going for. Yeah, especially with something so personal. Yeah, I mean, you're really kind of bearing your soul in a way. It must have been quite nerve-wracking doing that. Yeah, it can be. And that's also what's scary about it, too, is like, it, it's, you know, I, you, I'm revealing my myself. and I'm, But um, I heard Brene Brown say that's the nature of courage is uh, revealing your heart. That's a good phrase. And so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm trying to be creative. <laughs> Well, how has the response been uh, so far from phase one? Have you got any highlights of what people have said? Um, mostly, uh, I've been hearing like people's favorite songs, but people love it. It seems like they can keep putting it on, like I said, on repeat, and I like to hear that. Um, and so it's good. It's positive. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a favorite track from phase one? Um, I eat, you know, I was thinking about it. It's kind of like children. I know it sounds weird, but like, I, you know, I love each of them for different reasons. But, um, I think the ones that I play over and over are Feed the Monster and Poison, because those are good ones to listen to over and over. (laughs) And they're different. And they're, and again, like they're different. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, phase one's out now. Phase two comes out on the 15th of June. So that's not long. That's next week. That's right. And then we've got phase three coming in September. What have we got to look forward to on phase two? Um, So phase one was about um, sort of, like I said, youth and being naive and and just kind of like, you know, trying things out and maybe being unhealthy, you know, like doing things that aren't good for you. Phase two is about learning from those actions and like dealing with the repercussions and realizing that in order to learn, in order to grow, you have to fail. And so the first track is of phase two is failure. All right. And it's like this idea of, it starts off with a, an actual NASA countdown. Oh, cool. As a way to this idea of like you're, you're, you're leaving the old and you're moving on to like a new planet or a new, a new place. Yeah, so it's like a nice big transition phase. Yeah, exactly. 
That's awesome. It sounds really cool. Oh, one other thing. I will be coming out with some um, merchandise on my website related to regeneration. Um, and it's um, going to be some custom one-of-a-kind stuff. So I'm very excited about it. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll have the link below for your official site and everything for regeneration as well. Perfect. And I, I have one fun question to finish off with now. All right. If you could have a drink with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be? Such a great question. So much pressure, <laughs> though. So much pressure. There's so many amazing people. Um, I guess because... Oh, oh my gosh. There's so many people I could pick. <laughs> I think it's either... It's like a toss-up between... Stanley Kubrick or Edgar Allan Poe like because I'm wow. I love both of them and I would just I don't even know if I I don't there might be some very interesting conversation but that's exactly what I'm looking for some dark interesting conversation yeah I mean if you imagine both of them having a drink with them at the same time oh that'd be God. a really interesting time <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks very much for joining us today, Michael. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. And we look forward to phase two next week and phase three coming in September of Regeneration. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Sound Architect podcast. We really appreciate that. And we just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Dehumanizer 2 by the guys at Krotos. Fantastic piece of software. And we hope that you join us again soon.